the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halaby, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategy. Strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, total financial hour. Now hey, welcome to the show, the AM870 The Answer. Appreciate it. I'm Eric Halloway. This is the Total Financial Hour. We've talked about Oh, gosh, keeping your family out of debt, managing money, planning for the future, all those things that are exciting uh, in your life. But isn't it an interesting week? Um, grab your pen. I'm going to give you our phone number here on a couple of uh, occasions, 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847, 888-99-RETIRE. Uh, you can also send me an email. So uh, after the first hour and the second hour, I actually have two of your emails that I want to read today. I know last week I had a, a guest on, a great guest, who was real kind and, and wonderful, really uh, genuine in the sense that her issues of transgender men, I don't know what it's called. I forget if it's a man or a woman originally, but a man dressed as a woman, pretending to be a woman, going into a, a woman's uh, locker room. And in addition to all of that, playing in sports, we've seen this week alone how men are beating women and you take a look at the size of the different men and their their wingspan in sports, whether it's volleyball or or swimming in her particular case. Look, one of the biggest concerns I have, you guys, is safety, right? Just the strength of a man. I'm not saying a woman can't do things that a man can do. They just do it differently in some cases, right? I mean, you understand that, right? She, women, I have, <laughs> you've heard me say this, I have... Three sisters, a mom, a daughter, a wife. I mean, come on. If you've been surrounded by women at all, you understand that there is a that they can be just as smart and fast and funny and all the other stuff. It's silly to, to go on, right? It, it's kind of like speaking the obvious. Where it is uh, obvious and yet you're pretending that it doesn't exist is when a man dressed as a woman with some makeup and some earrings and, and all of a sudden walks into a female bathroom is that really okay with you? I mean, Democrats, have have you looked in the mirror and said, this is a hill I want to die on? I mean, in other words, this is what I want to stand for? Right? Uh, you change the, the abortion debate from from the, the killing of a baby and an innocent life to a woman's choice. You, you, you forget the other side of the equation, which is, oh, there's a baby there. Well, you're doing the same thing with this debate. Right? You're looking at the the mentally challenged, the, the psychologically disturbed, whatever you want to call it, a, an individual who has dysphoria, what's called gender dysphoria, 
and you're forgetting about looking at the other side of the issue, which is what? Young women and older women. Why, why would you as an older lady, uh, whatever, somebody in your 20s, it doesn't have to be 60s or 80s. Why would you as any woman want to be in a YMCA or a YWCA locker room and look over and seeing a man showering or, or sitting down and watching you dress or undress? Well, I mean, I'm certain that there are some of you that that have that uh, voyeurism thing going on, but, but come on. So this is really the issue that you think is fair because you're looking at that one side of the equation? You're not taking the entire picture in play? Well, companies like Target, Bud Light, now Kohl's department store. I told you some time ago, I don't shop at Kohl's anymore. And I used to be a pretty frequent uh, guest of Kohl's. Why? Because I loved some of their items. It was quick and easy to go in and they weren't always the, the top quality, but I'd wear them, you know, just enough times and, and not quite disposable clothing. Uh, I mean, listen, sometimes you just need something to wear, but I won't go into Kohl's anymore. Haven't for years. As soon as they took away Mike Lindell's pillows and said, oh, well, we don't like the way his stance on January 6th or President Trump, or we don't like what he's saying about, oh, really? So this is what you're going to call fair is by pulling down one of your top sellers, pillows. Boy, you took a stand. You're so brave. So I just said, I'm just not going to give you any more money. Well, surprise, Cole sticks its head out. The biggest surprise for me, though, is this Chick-fil-A. You know, the Kathy family has always been honorable. But Chick-fil-A is now standing up and pushing the same agenda. Can you believe that? I mean, that's how, that's how deep the fear is from the 5 or 10% of the crazies on the far left. That's how deep the fear is in the normal billionaires in some cases. Wealthy people. People that can create and build the conversation about almost anything they want it to be. And yet what we're getting is these folks that are, are, are afraid. They're not standing up for what's right. They're standing up for what's convenient. So where is your retirement account investing? Is it investing? Is it putting money in the targets, in the, in the InBev, which is Anheuser-Busch? Because if it has, you've lost money. Surprise. Kohl's department store? Is that where you're investing your money? Maybe, maybe you don't want your retirement account to be in the same place where they're fighting against your values. I mean, that that's just a, just a guess. Maybe your retirement account. Now, listen, uh, uh, Chick-fil-A is a private company, so they, they have their own rules. That's why it's so shocking, right? Every time Chick-fil-A had a problem, people would line up. I had a friend who owned a Chick-fil-A here in, in Los Angeles. And he said, and every time they were pushing against whatever, they would line up for hours to just buy. He, he was like, look, all I have left is hamburger buns and, and fruit cups. They're like, no problem, we'll buy it. And they did that numerous times. He had his best, every single thing nearly in the store was sold. Why? Because Americans, common sense people, Christians, morally, uh, foundationally sound people just said, this isn't right. 
and they would take time out of their day to stand in line, to rally around a cause, and to support Chick-fil-A. Do you really think that's going to happen now? Do you really think that transgender folks are going to stand in line and say, we're so proud of you, Chick-fil-A. We're going to come in and give you our money. Or do you think they're going to snap a whip and say, that's right, you better get in line. And they check that box and go to the next bullying, manipulation, intimidation. Your retirement accounts are being put somewhere. Vanguard, Fidelity have come out as some of the more woke individuals. Right, you're seeing these people make these decisions. I've spoken to many folks in the financial world, leaders in some of the larger companies, and my warning to them in a public and a private setting has been stay in your lane. Nobody cares what you think about transgender or gay rights or... no, Nobody cares. I just care about... You selling me stuff or being my financial company or, or making cars or whatever it is. Why is it that you want to force your opinion? There is no bravery or courage in it. When everything you do and everything you stand for is what everybody else stands for, is what everybody else does. What's the courage? Where's the courage? There's no bravery. You don't stand out. You don't go, whoa, 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 whoa wait a second. Right, I keep getting emails like many of you. If you've ever bought a uh, bought one of those uh, Dodger Stadium club boxes, right? We would take my whole family every once in a while, every couple of years on Father's Day, we'd rent one of those big uh, stadium boxes. It, it'd fit like twelve or fifteen of us, and you'd get some food and snacks, and it'd be just my whole family, a lot of fun. So I get the solicitations every once in a while. Hey, do you want to rent a box this week? Hey, this month, hey, we have some specials. We have two left, whatever. I send an email response back. I doubt I'm going to ever hear back from them. I send it this week, so there's been some time. Still haven't heard back. I'm sure I'm sure it's going to happen on Monday, any minute now, tomorrow. I should get <laughs> a response. And I said, look, you guys are attacking Catholics in a way in which a billion people on this planet have no use for. Maybe more than a billion. You're attacking my faith. I'm a Christian, not a Catholic, but faith in Christ. You're attacking my faith. In fact, you are coming at what I believe in in such a way that I can't just say, eh, it's an opinion. You wear blue, I wear green, up and down, left and right. No, no, no. You are overtly Dodgers going after something that I stand for. And I said in the email, I said, what if you were to do this to the Muslim faith? Right? What if you were to do this to a Muslim and the Islamic faith comes after you? Why don't you do that? Why don't you have a day uh, dress up like Muhammad and come to a Dodger game? Right? What What if the Dodgers were to do that? What would say? In fact, some of you should do that. If you guys are smart enough, I can't figure it out. And create a whole phony campaign in support of inclusion. Maybe it's something like the, the Babylon Bee would do. In support of inclusion, we are having a dress up like Muhammad day at Dodger Stadium. Come on, come one, come all. 
what do you think would happen? Right? They, they don't mess around. You see what happens when they went after the French newspaper. You see what happens. It's not a game. I, I'm not saying Christians or Catholics should should violently overthrow, but but where's our respect? Right? When he, I, I can't wait. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch that game that says dress up like Muhammad. Are you kidding me? You would not be that disrespectful to the Islamic faith. And a friend of mine is a strong Muslim. And I asked him one time about this. And he said, Arif, isn't it interesting that you in the United States put up with that? And he's referring to the dressing up in, in the Catholic nuns and the, the uh, disrespect. He said, why would you guys go to companies? Why would you support companies? Why would you support organizations? We wouldn't. That's why they don't do it. They don't do it because, of course, there's always a threat of violence. But the second thing is we wouldn't go to their stores. We wouldn't go to their businesses. We just have principles. You see, stuff doesn't matter to us, says my Muslim friend. Stuff doesn't matter to, to us as much as our beliefs and our faith. So my question to you as a believer, as a Christian, why are you going to Target, Kohl's, dealing with Fidelity or Vanguard? And now eating at Chick-fil-A, why would you do that? Right? Why, why would you drink Budweiser or any or Bud Light or even any iteration of, of InBeds beverages? Right? They, they keep trying a different strategy. And what is Target down? 20% plus this week? You know, from the beginning of this mess. Bud Light's probably close, if not past that. Billions of dollars they have lost. Do you think it, when I look at a dollar bill, does it say, I say, hi, dollar bill. How are you today? Good. Good, Arif. I go, what do you believe today? Or do I go, hi, dollar bill, go out and invest and come back and bring some of your friends called interest. You see, when I save or I put my money someplace, I want guarantees and protection. That's important. But I also want something pretty important as well, which is, oh, guess what? Uh, respect. I want to make sure that, that the money I give is not supporting ideas. I don't mean ideas that, oh, they think uh, the, 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 the Pacers, the Indiana Pacers are better than my Lakers. I don't care about that. Right? Uh, that doesn't matter to me. But, but when you, when you beat up my faith, and you say, hi, Arif, give me your money. I go, no problem. Here's some more. And by the way, while you're at it, can you beat up my ancestry and my family name? You would be like, excuse me? So I want you to be very cautious of where you're putting your money. I want you to be very cautious what you're doing. Because if most of you are, are putting your money where you are going to lose it, and I don't mean just because the investment is a bad choice. That's up to you. I think you're very, very clear that, that most people are just busy. I, I don't think you guys lack ethics, morals, a constitution in your, in your center of who you are as a person. I don't think most of you have that. 
you know, I, I don't think you're bad. I think you're just busy, lazy. Sorry. I know I said it. I said it. I, I love all of you. All of us want to be, listen, if I had a choice sleeping on a Saturday morning or get up and work out, guess what I'm doing? Yeah. I have to physically force myself. Look, when I was in the Los Angeles Police Department, the, the week, the month before I was in the academy, okay, the month before, I would work until midnight, one, two, three in the morning. I would get home, get to sleep around four in the morning, and then get up, go to school. My classes would start, let's say, 10, 11. I'd be done at 10, 11, go to work at three o'clock in the afternoon, and start all over again. All right. I start the police academy. We wake up at three in the morning to leave the house by 3.30 in the morning to be in our first pre-inspection because there's an inspection of an inspection. And my pre-inspection of the inspection started at 4 a.m. So you drive down to Dodger Stadium from the valley, right? The, the police academy was next to it. And we were lined up at 4 a.m. The month before... I was I was going to sleep at that time. And now all of a sudden, that was the day I'm... You follow me? Oh, why? Why did you do that, Arif? I'll tell you why. Because my take-home check was 1100 bucks Every two weeks, they gave me $1,100. And all I had to do was wake up early. And I got to shoot and be in martial arts that I've been doing my whole life up to that point. Most of my life. I got to run. No problem. I liked working out. You paid me to work out, to, to learn to use a firearm, to, to do martial arts, to learn law, to go to school because there's classes for six months. I'm in. Did I want to sleep in every day? Oh, my gosh, of course I did. But I wanted a career. Well, frankly, I wanted to marry my wife and I needed to make more than $8 an hour. So I thought, oh, I got an idea. I'll become a policeman. That's a good idea. I could do that. I like what they stand for. You see, most of you don't understand that you have to do things even when you feel like you don't want to. Good example this week, a lady came into my office, sweet lady actually, very nice, and said, Arif, I want to I retire by the end of the year. I said, okay, great, let's take a look. I go, okay, how much do you need? Well, I, I, I make $8,000 a month, I want to keep making $8,000 a month. I said, all right, well, let's look at your social security. He goes, well, my social security is 3,000. I said, okay, well, that's pretty good. $3,000. It's a good number. Uh, can you stop paying any bills? Will you have something paid off like a car or a house where you don't have to make that money? So in other words, it doesn't have to come in the front door and go out the back door. Is there any way to do that? She said, no, it's going to be the same number, same number. Oh, okay. Well, do you have any rental income? Yeah, I rent I rent a room. Okay, good. $600 a month. I like that. It's good money coming in. Got it. So now we're at $3,600 a month. So now somehow we have to find the difference, right? $4,400 a month. So I go, okay, here's the math. Solve backwards based on your age. I'm expecting you, you to have a certain number. Do you have that? No, I don't. Less than half. I said, okay, well, you have a choice. 
right now you have a career, somebody's paying you a lot of money and you still, and you've turned on your social security check. If I were you, I would do two things. One, I would save everything you can between now and two more years. In other words, I would just bank all of that $3,000 a month at social security. You've already started it. It's been going on for a while. Just put it in the bank and, and we cannot acquire any more debt. I don't mean in an RV that's beautiful that I needed, I wanted, I should. I don't mean a new car that's going to last you through retirement because that's not true. That they, they never do. Right? Imagine today if you have a car that's 22 years old, right, from age 60 to, to age 82. So find a car that's 22 years old. You really think you're going to still drive that as your last vehicle for the rest of your life? Probably not. So we have to have a plan where you're going to buy, you may not buy one as often because you're not putting miles on it, but we have to have a plan to pay for that car. It might mean you have to move. So you make a decision. Is it more important to move so that you can retire or stay in your home and still work? And I don't mean just move, you know, states. It could be, but it could be moving your home. It could be keeping your home and getting a condo somewhere or, or a single story house. Uh, you just need to save money. We have to find the cash somewhere. It is not a game. It's real numbers. And so as we go through this math with her, I said, here's a choice. What is more important to you? Retiring or keeping your same lifestyle? I love it when, when, when you guys say, well, both. I go, well, that's nice, but it, I'm not a fairy godmother. I use math, math and logic, right? It, if you have $100,000, you can expect right around $4,000 a year from that number. So if you have a million dollars, think of $40,000 a year. I'm okay with whatever the number is that you turn out to be. Just know that it's, it's that number, right? It's not going to change. It's not magic. Right? It's it's money that comes in the front door and goes out the back door. So where does it come from? So here's what really happens. I want you to think about working part-time. You need to do something. You've heard me talk about purpose many times, but here's a great example that I've seen now for the last three years where people have come into my office and we started tracking it since uh, right in the middle of COVID, really, middle of 2020. We started following and tracking it. Here's what we found. And you've heard me talk about some of the studies because we knew what was happening, but here's what we've ultimately found. That if you have a challenge with eating, overeating, you know, all of us, I'm a pastry guy, so give me pastries. So I get it. But if you have a challenge with overeating and you know who you are, it's not a secret. Then when you are not working slash bored, you will overeat more, meaning you will gain weight, a lot of weight. If you drink a little bit, Maybe you binge on the weekends and you have just a little too much alcohol on the week. But listen, I got to get up on Monday. I got to pay attention. I got to be focused. I got to get back to work. But now you're retired. So if you have some issues with self-control when it comes to drinking a little bit, you will drink a lot. And I'm not naive enough to know or to believe that some of you aren't smoking a little bit of weed because you think Mr. and Mrs. Newsom who've made a decision that you can smoke weed through their 
proxies called the Democrat Party, right? Because the, the, the lazier I can keep you, the less motivated I can keep you, the more likely you are not to vote against me. And frankly, you're just not, you're not going to do anything. You're just lazy, right? Weed does that to people, surprise. But if you smoke a little bit of weed and you're retired and you have a challenge with it, you self-control is an issue, guess what you will do? Yeah. Do you follow me? You will have over and over and over issues that just don't track properly because you just have an issue with self-control. It's not that you're a bad person, but all of us have to have time. You see, what used to happen was you would sit in the fields and the factories in the fields would uh, need tending to 10, 11, even 12 months out of the year, depending on where you live. So you had to stay busy. There wasn't this retirement thing. And when Monday, when money comes along and comes into your life without you having to physically do something, you might end up making bad choices. Stay with me after the break, guys. This is important. Your financial life, I want to continue with, how do we solve this? So we don't keep making the same, I guess, say dumb decisions financially. And it's not a fancy financial plan that's on 27 pages. It just isn't. Stay with me after the break. Arif Hallaby, 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847. The Total Financial Hour. Financial hey, folks, welcome back. Arif Hallaby, Total Financial Solutions and TFS Financial Insurance Services. They bring you this show. I appreciate it. TFS Financial Insurance Services, 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847, 888 Retire. Okay, you've heard me talk about purpose in retirement and what to do, how to avoid all of us have something that we're, I don't know, bad habits, whatever it is, watching a little TV. You've heard me kind of talk about some of the, the sins of drinking and smoking, et cetera, whatever it is. Even if it's watching a little TV, I like to binge on, uh, you know, the streaming services when it comes to the weekends, like the best, you know, like the next guy. But what I don't want you to do is to ask yourself something that that says, I'm done with my value or my worth. Okay, that's very important. Your value or your worth or who you are as a person is more than your job. So here's what you do. As you're transitioning into retirement, and I like, the, I like five years before, so this isn't something you do 15 minutes before you're going to retire. This is a, a decade or a half a decade, three, four, five years, where you're building the habits, where you're hobby starts to take over your time. It could be planting, uh, you know, a garden. It could be in-home uh, artwork where you, where you have your own easel and your paint. Uh, it, it, it can be anything, but it has to be something that says, just like me in the academy, you got to get up and go to the academy. You got to get up. There were plenty of times where I didn't feel like waking up and going to work. Plenty of times. And even when we were, when I was in the, the police academy and, and you're going through this, you know, amazing transformative process of learning how to become a law enforcement officer in, in the best agency, certainly at the time, the best agency in the world, here's what, what happened on a Friday night. I'd go pick up my girlfriend because I, I lived at my parents and she was still in college. I'd go pick her up from her roommate's apartment and we'd go to a movie and 10 minutes into the movie, guess who's falling asleep at 6.30, 7 o'clock? 
yeah, Friday and Saturday night. I was exhausted all the time because you were physically working out and, you know, I'm eating nonstop and just losing weight because you're just running, running the whole time. It's physical, physical. And they always made a joke. They said, hey, this is going to be the best shape you are in in your life. And I remember thinking, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, he was right. And as you go through that transformative process, your time was occupied by something other than your vices. When you go to college, when you're studying for your new job, when you are, are in your new job and you're earning uh, money and you're, you're learning a new position, all of those things take your time. So guess what you're going to do in retirement? To avoid the negative vices that come with it. You're going to find something that occupies your time. When I know somebody is running from something as opposed to running to something is when I ask them, what does the next day after retirement look like? Oh, Eric, I'm busy. I have the garage to clean up. I've got that spare bedroom. You don't understand. I've got to, got to work on the yard. Okay, that's done by next Friday. What's next? What do you do next? Well, you know, I just have a lot of things. Reading books. Oh, I've got books I'm going to be reading. Okay, books. That's when I know you didn't plan. That's when I know you're running from your job, not running to a hobby or a difference, right? Oh, I'm going to volunteer and help young children learn to read. Brilliant. Amazing. Oh, Eric, I'm going to volunteer on missions trips overseas three times a year. Got it. The preparation, the learning, uh, the language, the culture, wherever you're going. Amazing. Got it. Oh, Eric, I'm going to, uh, you know, I, I volunteer um, at church one day a week. Okay, nice. And then uh, the rest of the time I'm quilting. Mm, you're going to get fat. Uh, love you. Right? I, can, I have a mirror. I can see what's happening to me, you, all of us. But you're going to gain weight. Add a little alcohol in there. Oh, a glass of wine now and again is becoming a bottle of wine now and again. Not because something like quilting is not valuable. It's extremely valuable. It just doesn't make you move. You have to get up. You have to go. You have to go. Not get up from the couch to the, the kitchen and then back again. Not not get up to go to the, the car, drive somewhere, get out because you park in, in the closest spot possible and then go in and to the restaurant and come back out and then do the same thing, driveway and, and get back in the house. You have to be active. You see, so many times you spend your life doing. And when you retire, I want you to be. I mean, it'd be great if you can work on the being part of things while you're still working. But let's be. Let's be active. Let's be involved. Let's be coachable still. Imagine that. Let's still be a learner. Right? A student. These are very important things to find somebody that needs you. Because I dealt with that this week with another gentleman, engineer, smart guy, actually, very smart guy. Eric, if I want, I want to retire, in a, okay, great. You just don't have enough money. Well, I wanted to make more interest than I did with you. Okay, let's be clear on a couple of things, guys. My job is to never make you rich. It's to protect your money, to grow it reasonably, get good rates of return over time, average rates of return, somewhere between three and six, maybe three and eight, 
something like that. Sometimes zero, sometimes five, sometimes ten, sometimes zero, two, five, nine, six, whatever. We're never going to make more than maybe 12, 15, or 18 at the max. Never. But what's the job of the money? It's to protect it. It's to grow it. But if you think $100,000 is going to become $300,000 in the next five years, just take it to Vegas. $100,000 or, or, or be, you know, buy 100,000 lotto tickets, right? Aren't they a dollar each still? Buy 100,000 100, lotto tickets. Because your ability to be lucky is exactly the same percentage as your ability to retire on 100,000, turning it to 300, which means almost zero percentage. They both are probably not going to happen. I remember when the lotto hit, I don't know, it was 100 million, 10 million, whatever the biggest number was back then. And this man took a second mortgage on his house. If I want to remember right, it was like $190,000. And he pulled all the money out and he bought like 190,000 tickets, something like that. Big money. For some reason, I remember 197, but I can't, I can't recall exactly. It's been a couple of decades. And they show him buying it, and the the merchant was so happy because it, you know, he gets about a nickel. That's what they receive. Merchants receive about five cents for every dollar in the lotto ticket land. So really, only 95 cents goes back into the lotto. Five cents goes to the merchant. So whatever this guy was making, he made five or six thousand dollars in that day, extra on lotto tickets. That was a good day for the, for the merchant. And guess what ended up happening? Yep, he lost his house. So the next thing they show is his family moving out, like carrying stuff to the car. They're loading up the car. And he said, "Well, I tried. You know, I I took a chance for my family." No, you didn't. Waking up early, going to work, working two jobs, that's taking a chance for your family where you actually have a chance to succeed. Buying the lotto ticket is the lazy way to do it. It doesn't mean you're evil or bad or ugly. It just means you're lazy. If you guys are going to still shop at the stores, the Targets and the Coles, and you're still going to use the Fidelities and the Vanguards and Black Rocks and anybody else that hates you, hates your values, fights against your values, if you're still going to use those, then, then you're lazy. You're not evil. You're just lazy. And I don't want you to be lazy. I want you to fight. And the fight doesn't mean physical, at least not at this point. That's not what we're talking about. I'm talking about you getting up and, and challenging the system. Organizing, volunteering, going to the city council meetings every Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever they hold them. Being involved in the issues lobbying, running for city council or school board or the water board, taking your skill as a retired teacher or plumber or professor, whatever it might be, and getting involved, right? If you're a plumber and you quote are retired, you probably know a lot about that, that field. And with some other fine tuning of knowledge, you probably can comment on some of the water issues or the wastewater issues or some of the other comments, much more than most other people can. So don't let that skill set just disappear. You have something. If you're an accountant, 
or, or CPA of any sort, look, you have a skill set. I get it. You don't want to wake up early Monday through Friday. I understand. But what about Monday, Wednesday, Friday? What about Tuesday and Thursday? What about just a couple of days a week? You get up and you make a difference. You see, my job is to make sure the income comes in. And yes, I, I almost feel like I'm an enabler of the laziness. I, I get it. But my job is to make sure that every 1st and 15th or the, the 3rd of the month or whenever you choose, money is coming in, coming in, coming in, coming in. The problem is you and I spent most of our life having to do something to receive something. We work, we get paid. Every two weeks, we get a check. Every 1st and 15th, we get a check. Every other one, got it. But now when you're retired, surprise, your money, wait for it, makes money for you. And I don't want you to think no, no more than somebody who spends 15 uh, years working out, exercising, right? That person has a better shot of going to the Olympics and winning. But if you spent three years investing, saving, working out, whatever it is, you, you don't have a shot at the Olympics, right? It, it's just not going to happen. If you say, I have an account with you, Era, for three years and, and it just hasn't grown, it hasn't doubled, then what happened... I'm, I'm going to say, look, remember, my job is not to make you rich. Your 100000 is still 130 or 140000 It's there. It's grown. Great news. But I don't want you to think you can take $100,000 and turn it into 300000 in the next two, three, four, five years. I mean, maybe, maybe you pick the right stock. Maybe you get the next internet whatever and or biotech. Some people do. It's not my thing. I, I don't know what to tell you. But the risk, you're, you're the lotto guy. You're the person who took a mortgage on his house to buy the lotto ticket. Maybe you win. Probably you don't. And that's where I think most of you have a challenge. Because I don't think most of you, most of us, understand what it takes. It's effort. It's ongoing effort. It's regular effort. It's that Every day fighting the fight. It's the ability to sit down and to create, build, and ready for this, change your habits. Because you have to change your habits. It isn't going to be something that happens overnight. And if it means you have to work past age 60 or 62 or 65 or 67 or, or whatever the numbers are... Retirement is such a new phenomenon in American history. Maybe 70 years, 60, 70 years, right? Some of you remember your grandparents never retired if they had farms or fields or factories. Some of you remember that that was the norm was to keep working, was to be somebody that just always had something to do. You always had a place to go. So I want you to think about that. If I can take, or, or other professionals, financial professionals, if we can take and build an income stream for you, right? And that means some of it might be pension, some of it might be social security. So it's outside of our purview. Our job is your retirement account, your old 401k, your current 401k type plan, 403b, anything with a 400 in front of it, right? Just so you know, those are IRS codes. It doesn't mean a, a whole lot. It just is an IRS code. But our job is to take that and to create an income stream for you. Our job is to take that and create 
money that just never goes away. And that's going to happen by the ability for you to have multiple streams of income. But your purpose, don't forget your purpose. All right, another part that I want you to think about as you're doing this. You've heard me talk about leaving money behind to your children. What I want you to do when it comes to leaving money behind, I don't want you to leave your retirement accounts to your kids. Okay, but Arif, what about if that's the only thing I have? Well, then of course you do, right? If you're renting or you don't have real estate and you have a retirement account, then of course, ultimately after husband, wife, wife, husband, after both of you pass away, then of course you're going to leave it to your children or grandchildren. But if you have the option, there is no reason in the world to make them multi-millionaires. They can't handle the 60, 70, 50,000, 80, 100,000, whatever money that they're earning right now, unless they have been taught or have been self-taught how to handle money, they're blowing through their own 100,000 a year, right? When husband and wife are working and they're making 120,000 a year and they have $972 in their checking account, right? $2,000 in their savings. You have to ask yourself, what am I going to do? I'm, a, I'm just going to give a 16-year-old the keys to a Ferrari? How quickly do you think that 16-year-old will crash that car? Oh, but Eric, if they have a license, I get it. It's too powerful for them. Same thing. You don't take a child who is ignorant with their own money, purposely making dumb decisions with their own money. You never take them and give them multi-millions of dollars. So then what do you do with it? Well, I like real estate going to the kids because there's a secondary step between them just getting the money. And, and that means the first step is they have a physical place, a house. So if they need a place to live, they have a home, right? If somebody is divorced or, or struggles financially, uh, there's physically a place for them to live and they don't pay taxes on it. The real estate, tax-free. If you give them a retirement account, this is almost always, without training especially, but almost always what happens. They come into my office. Hi, Arif, you know, dad passed away uh, six months ago. Yep, three months ago. Yep. So his account is $300,000. Wow, good job. Dad did a good job. Okay, yeah, so each of us, there's three of us kids and we were equal on it. So we each want our $100,000. I said, well, you understand it's an IRA, right? Yeah, 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 we, we know that. I said, okay, well, here's the rules with an IRA. If you take it all out right now, you're going to pay almost half of it in taxes and penalties, uh, not penalties in this case, but in taxes. And they said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, you see, you're already making money, 100000 a year. So all of the money that you earn from January 1st to now is going to be taxed at a higher rate. So you didn't pay enough taxes on that money. So you're going to have to make it up with this account. So yes, you will get your $100,000. But you're going to have to give about a third, two thirds, maybe not, a, not two, probably half, 40, 35, 40% to the IRS. 
So you're not going to get 100,000. I know right there on the paper, it says you get 100. You don't get 100 because you and the government are partners, the state of California and the federal government. So you're going to get $62,410 is what you receive. I know it says 100, but you get 62. And then I tell them, but here's how you can get more of it. We work with your tax advisor, your tax preparer. We sit down and we say, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Tax Preparer, what is the number they can take out each year over the next decade so that they get to keep all of the money or most of the money? And they say, well, it's going to be you know, $15,000 a year or something like that. And I say, wonderful news, son, daughter, raise your withholdings and put more money in your company retirement account. Meaning you can transfer these funds from your right pocket into your left tax-free when you inherit it as long as your current retirement plan at work equals the same amount that you're taking out. For example, if you are currently putting $5,000 a year in your retirement plan at work because that's what they are matching, but you inherit $100,000, what I'm going to do is recommend that you take $10,000. Of course, this is with your CPA and, and your, your tax advisor's uh, advice. I'm, I'm there as the facilitator, but let's just say it goes like this. You take the $10,000 out. Guess what you're putting in your retirement account? Yep, $10,000. But Eric, I'm already putting five. I know you're going to put an additional 10. So now you're putting $15,000 a year in your retirement account at work but I can't live. I need to eat dinner. Got it. That's what this $10,000 does. So in other words, it comes through you. Now, dad or mom's retirement account allows you to put the maximum or close to it into your retirement account at work. That's great news. Now you get to live on it decades from now. Pass it to your children or your spouse. Sometimes people will listen to me. I don't know, two out of 10, three out of 10, maybe. But here's where the beauty comes in. If you listen to me, you will end up making sure your children, and you can tell your kids, hey, this is the only way you're going to get it. You're going to have to raise your withholding. Now, let's say they're maxing out already at work, both husband and wife, right? Daughter-in-law and son. Okay, then maybe we have to create a different plan. There are things we can do. But what I don't want you to do is to think that by you giving your each one of your three children $100,000, that's what they're going to actually get. They're not. They're going to spend it because here's what happens nearly all of the time. Well, Arif, I know it says 100000 and we're going to get 62000 but you understand we never really had the sixty-two to begin with, so I don't really care that we're going to give that much. It doesn't matter. It's, as, it's, it's not as if we had that money to begin with. And that is what they say nearly all the time. You said it. Some of you inherited money. You said it. So I want you to prevent that from happening because you know that was a mistake. So what you do is you put in your trust or your will, you meet with your attorney, and you indicate this is the only way it can be distributed. Is over 10 years, you know, one-tenth, it has to go in their retirement account at work. Right? You, you can make those requirements. 
And if your attorney is not willing to do that, oh, it's not a big deal, oh, it doesn't matter, then your attorney is poor-mindsetted. Your attorney is broke. Nice person probably never ask financial advice because that's not their thing. Well, it's too much work. Oh, really, you lazy son of a gun? Eight hours are going to pass, whether you twiddle your thumbs or whether you do what I want you to do. So do what I want you to do. I'm paying you. Do it. So many of you look at it as, oh, it's too much work. I'm like, are you kidding me? I got up at 3 o'clock in the morning so I could leave the house by 3.30. You don't think that was too much work? Oh, yes, it was. I know because they were paying me $1,100 every two weeks. And prior to that, my job was $386 every two weeks. I got a nearly 300% pay raise. I thought I had died and gone to heaven. I was like, you mean to work out? Yeah. You mean to basically go to school and learn? Yeah. I was paying for that yesterday. Tomorrow I'm actually doing, whoa, this is great. And then this means that I can save up enough money and buy a house and actually have my wife and get married. This is amazing. Do you realize that's the part of life that makes things fun and exciting and interesting? Is those challenges. And so many of you are not willing to do it. So I want you to be careful. Put those strings attached to your kids. Don't just let them walk away with those money because they're going to get the 62000 They're going to let the forty grand go to the government. And if you worked your tail off for that money and you know that your kids are going to be that much of a loser with it, <laughs> then you know what I want you to do? Spend it. Spend it and leave it to charity. Because if you give your kids your house and you give your kids life insurance, that's tax-free. And if you're okay with them blowing it, let them blow it. But your retirement account... All of it gets to go to a church or a charity or an organization. I want you to look at that as the option. Then all 100,000 of your effort, your work, gets to go to the, 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 the cause that you support. They get to stand up to this crazy left-wing craziness, whether it's Prager University or Turning Point USA. I like them all. There's, there's a lot of them that are yucky, right? But, but you get to donate to them, your values. So keep that in mind. All right, stay with me after the break. I have your emails. We come right back. I'm Eric Halby. This is the Total Financial Hour, 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847. I'll be right back. Security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now, hey, welcome back to the show. Eric Halley, triple eight ninety nine retire. That's our number, 888-997-3847. Uh, I always want to bring up the idea of you uh, being able to email me. You email me your questions. Sometimes we get involved uh, on the phone. Sometimes, uh, you know, we'll reach out and you can come into the office. But emailing me your questions, if you're okay with me putting them on the air, just make sure you indicate that. I want to ensure that. If you want me to change your name, and usually I do, just because uh, the name is of little consequence to the story. But certainly I don't want you to feel, uh, if you have a special name, right? A name like Arif uh, is a hard name to, oh, that, there's only one Arif I know. Well, yeah, that was me. Can't get away with a lot when your name is Arif. John, no problem. Michael, yeah, I got it. Arif, mm, not so much. So here's our Arif at 
tfswealth.com, Arif, A-R-I-F, at, T as in Tom, F as in Frank, S as in Sam, so tfswealth.com, so Arif, A-R-I-F, that's F as in Frank, Arif, at tfswealth.com. You know, I'll tell you a, a quick little story. I, I may have shared this with you. I don't remember if I have, but when I go into a, a you know fast food restaurant, you order your, your hamburger or, or your pizza, or whatever, and they say, uh, okay, what's the name on it? And, you know, people will say, oh, Tom or Jimmy or Jose or Steve or whatever. I, here's what happens when I used to do that. They go, okay, great. Uh, hamburger, double, uh, no cheese. Got it. Oh, what's the name? I go, Arif. They go, Eric? I said, no, Arif. Eris? No, Arif. Oh, how do you spell it? Oh, what does it mean? Is it like a family name? Where's it come from? I'm like, oh, dude, I'm just here for a hamburger. I'm just here for, I just want a hamburger or a pizza, whatever I'm here, tacos. That's it. That's, uh, I'm starving. I mean, I'd love to get to know you, but come on, grab a burger and come and sit with me. We'll talk. That's okay. But right now I'm just here to order. And so here's what happens. Now, when I go order a pizza or a hamburger or whatever, they go, okay, uh, your pizza, it's that single uh, style where, you know, this, this custom ones, I love it. You go through and you say, give me extra that. Can I have this please? Right. Okay, got it. Your pizza's uh, seven ninety nine. Great. What's the name on the order? And I say pizza. And they go what? I go pizza. They go that's not your name. I go yeah pizza. So when it's ready, you'll say pizza for pizza. You don't have to say my name. Otherwise, we're sitting here for ten minutes going, what is it? Where's it from? What does it mean? Is it a family name? And it's always nice that people are kind and they want to know. But sometimes I just want a hamburger. That's it. I just want a pizza. Well, I mean, so, so I'll share that with you. But you guys get to use my name in the email. I appreciate that. It's pretty pretty uh, rare. So, All right. Uh, I'm going to get into your emails here. But I wanted to cover something that I think a lot of you have been consumed with because I know I have been. In fact, just recently I was consumed with it. And so I, I thought it's kind of cool to to lay it out with you and discuss it with you because here's what – has has changed for me. All right. When you hear, oh my gosh, a mass shooting, or you hear, did you know, like uh, this week, 15-year-old schoolgirl burns down her entire school, 18 young people killed because they took away her cell phone. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, that's crazy. And then you click on it and you realize it's in Guyana. Guyana, I'll give you $50 if five out of 10 people even know what freaking continent Guyana is on, let alone where it's located. And they're putting news out of such a horrific story, by the way. I mean, it's horrific. And yet we fall victim to it as if it's right in our backyard and tomorrow and any minute it's coming down the road. It's what really drives me crazy when you watch local news and they have 5,000 stories and the ones they pick are the ones that are most salacious, not the ones that are most impactful to you, right? If I wanted national news, guess what I would watch? Uh, Yep, national news. If I wanted local news, I don't want to hear about national news or something that happened in Pennsylvania or a a horrific wrong way driver killed a a family in Ohio. Horrible. Horrible. But it doesn't matter to me, right? Unless if you have family there, then your fanny should be on the computer these days 
checking out local news in Ohio or Chicago or, or Seattle. But the news there means nothing to you and me. It's irrelevant of what's happening in Houston, Texas. Right? That's local news. National? Okay, now we have a, a conversation. I want to know what's happening to the dollar, the U.S. dollar. I want to know what's happening with illegal immigration. I want to know what's happening with uh, the, the Biden administration trying to jump onto private lands, right, with this runner water runoff baloney, where they say if you have any stream whatsoever on your land, your land belongs to the federal government because the Water Rights Act. Okay, I want to know about that. Right, The Biden administration thinks that if you have water running on your land in any creek or stream that could maybe sort of t- almost maybe eventually end up somewhere in the ocean or the lands uh, or the waterways that can be controlled by the federal government, if it's a feeder to a feeder to a feeder to a stream of a small stream of a puddle, they have the right to regulate your land. Do you, do you not understand how how unbelievably obtrusive that is? Okay. You want to get involved. You want to know. But what I don't want you to do is to care about stuff that is not going to impact you. Right? Oil drilling, that's the price of gas. I get it. Macro issues all day long. But stop thinking that something like a a wrong way car accident or a mash shooting of some psychologically impaired guy who goes into his uh, medical office building right outside of Lexington, Kentucky, scares the daylights out of you, and you're going to run around and say, forget it, world's coming to an end. It is not, right? You have better than that. All right, here's another part. Your emails, important. This is from Stan, single guy. Dear Arif, I'm going to retire in January of 2024. I will be 60 years old. I've worked for LA Metro for 28 years and I will receive a pension from them. It will be right around $3,300 a month. I signed up for the drop program seven years ago. I'm going to explain to you what that is in a second. Okay. Seven years ago, it has approximately $360,000. I also have a deferred compensation plan that has $650,000. Is there a way to have an income stream for myself and if I get married again, he says, my future wife, and I can have money, I can have an income come from those monies. Is that possible? Yes. How is it taxed? Is there a chance it can keep up with Biden inflation? Yeah. If I want to leave this to my kids, is that an option? I want to keep my home in Los Angeles and move to Las Vegas. I will rent my home here and move to my second home which should make me around $2,000 a month after I pay taxes and insurance. Okay, so here's the deal. The biggest issues are these two different accounts. The DROP program is the Deferred Retirement Option Plan. There's different names for it, but the Deferred Retirement Option Plan, DROP. A lot of cities and counties allowed you to retire, which means you stop the clock on the calculation of your pension. So as your pension is growing for every years of service and the amount of money you make and the clock stops. So that's, let's say on a Friday. So now beginning on Monday, you are officially retired and opted out of any further gains 
towards your pension. But your pension plan, the next month, is now going to pay a payment. But instead, you're still working, so the payment is not going to go to you. It goes into a retirement plan, a deferred retirement plan. And that deferred plan is kind of like an IRA, just for the sake of argument, meaning it has yet to be taxed. Some of them, like the city of Los Angeles, I believe, have a 5% pay rate or pay rate, something like that, maybe a bit more. So the money in there is earning a higher interest rate, sits in there. I think the city uses it for other things. It's almost, they're using it to, to pay other bills. So they pay you a 5%. It's a pretty low interest rate to borrow the money. Meanwhile, beginning on Monday, you now have a paycheck coming in. Oh, it's the same paycheck. Nothing changes. So on Friday, your pay ceases. The calculation is done. Your first pension check goes into a retirement account and it sits there and grows at, a, at an interest rate. You on the other side are continuing to work. Now, you can do that. Some places, the police department still has it at five years. Some had it for a, a lot longer, a decade or more, which means that pension plan instead of being paid to you, is going into this account, into this account. Into this. Well, meanwhile, you're getting pay raises, you're getting promotions, you're staying to continuing to work at this entity. Usually it's a city or a county, uh, a government job of some sort. And the deferred compensation plan is the retirement plan. So just like you might have a 401k, right? If you go to the, the IRS code 401 subsection K, it says, I'm going to paraphrase, if you work for a for-profit company, you can put money in a retirement plan. And when you're ready to take it out, it will be taxed at whatever tax bracket you are in at the time. And this is a little bit of a, uh, I, I guess, almost like, like an author's luxury. They also will tax it at whatever state you are in at the time. So for example, you could earn this money just like a retirement plan at work, 401k. This is a deferred compensation called a 457. If you work for a school district, a hospital, a research facility, yours is called a 403B. All of them are just, that's where they're found in the IRS code. And it means that they are uh, available for you to use. Now, most of them are taxed at whatever tax bracket you're in and whatever city you live in or state at the time. So if you live in Los Angeles and you took money from your retirement account or your deferred comp and put it in your pocket, you're going to pay taxes like California pays taxes. But if you took your deferred compensation plan and rolled it over, which is what we recommend, into your own IRA, individual retirement account, then you'll leave the company plan, which is the 457, pick it up and move it over into your own plan, which is an IRA. And then when you move to, in this case, Stan, Nevada, right, the Henderson area, I think is where you planned on moving, then, this is great news, you actually have a chance to pay taxes under the Nevada state law. Oh, guess what? They are zero. That means no taxes for you. That's amazing for the state of California. Please seek the advice of your tax attorney or your CPA. Right? There's some rules. We've talked about them here on the show many times. How California is choosing to use something called home is where the heart is. I'll get to that in a minute. 
So you just have to be careful. All right. Here's what I would do with the money. I know part of it is you want to replace your income and your income is pretty high because all of these entities, the Metro, Southern California Edison, gas company, DWP, they pay enormous salaries and pensions, right? 10 years ago, I, I saw this for the first time in such a great uh, height when a secretary working for the Department of Water and Power, her pension was 80 grand a year. I was like, huh, wait a second. Secretary administrative, they call them administrative, whatever, but basically a secretary for nice person, great job, hard work. I get it. But $80,000 a year, no wonder my parents have full solar and still pay a fee for the Department of Water and Power. It's for what? To bring more water down? No, because they have rationing. Is it to bring more electricity? No, because they have rationing and they shut down power plants. They shut down three Three of the natural gas generators for the Department of Water and Power that were efficient, that were nearly free, not quite, but nearly free energy on the grid. You could have given everybody a pay cut, uh, uh, charged them less money. And you shut them down and you keep pensions and pay high, DWP. I know because some of you in the high levels come to my office and I learn about this stuff from you. But... And you hate it, but you're taking the money. I don't blame you. Probably I would do it. But you know that it's sneaky. You know that LADWP has almost no honest oversight. Like, wait a second. Why did you shut down the gas power? Oh, global warming, natural gas, the cleanest ever. Do you think electricity grows on trees? Uh, No. And you shut it down. Stupid people. It's ridiculous. City of Los Angeles, DWP leadership, you guys know better. And you chose woke over common sense. But I digress. Let's go back to Metro, which is probably just as sneaky as as it can be, but I won't get into that. All right. Here's what I want you to do. Your goal is to leave money to the kids. You said this. So I want you to leave the kids the life insurance. I want you to leave the children your two houses, you have a house in Los Angeles, you have a house in Henderson. Those two houses, that's what I want you to leave to the children. You can take money from your retirement account each and every month and you can take a good income from there each and every month. But I want you to also buy a life insurance policy as long as you're healthy. It can be a term plan or it can be a permanent plan. The difference is a term plan has a term. 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 25, 30 years. There's a term, right? It's very inexpensive because if you die, they pay. If you don't die, they don't pay. It's similar to car insurance. If you crash your car this year, they will pay out. If not, they're not giving you a refund check. They just said, good, thank you. I'm glad you kept your car. Okay, so life insurance that is a term insurance plan is a use it or lose it. Now, there are new plans out there that are term insurance plan, but they have the ability to turn on long-term care. So a benefit for long-term care if you need it, which is if you can't do two out of six activities of daily living, if you need assistance walking and feeding yourself, those kinds of things. When you cannot perform two of those, 
There are even term insurance plans that will pay out the death benefit, but to you. Very important. If that's something you're interested in, you could always reach out to us at 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. Now, what is a permanent plan? A permanent plan has a cash value component, kind of like a savings component. That means that you pay into the plan. Instead of all of it going to buy life insurance, some of it goes into a savings account, kind of like a savings called cash value. It earns interest, sometimes really good interest, tax-free interest as it grows, tax-free when you pull it out for you to live on, tax-free for your children, tax-free for long-term care. Under these current, uh, under the current IRS rules, and there's no reason to think it's going to change any time in our lifetime, you're going to use post-tax money to buy the plan. So just like the $100 in your purse or your pocket, you've already paid taxes on that money. It's post-tax money. But from then on, all of the gains in the cash value, the death benefit, the long-term care plan, all of that stuff is tax-free to you or your heirs or to your spouse or whoever it is that you want it to be. So one is permanent. That means it's just for the rest of your life. Usually they go to like age 110 or 120, so basically the rest of your life. A term insurance plan has a time set Five years, 10 years, again, 15, 20, 25, and 30 years. Why this makes a difference is because term insurance is less expensive. And the reason it's less expensive is because only 2 or 3% of them are ever really paid out because they know most people are going to live past the term in which they purchased. So if the purpose of the life insurance is to fill the gap, in other words, I want my life insurance to pay off my house, but in 30 years, my house will have a zero balance because I'm paying it. And if that's the case, then you can get a 30-year term separate from the house. So 30 years and 30 minutes, your, your life insurance is expired, but so is your house payment. Offset each other, you don't need it. So if the term insurance has a job to do, oh, uh, my kids are, are teenagers, I want to make sure there's enough money for them to go to college, uh, if I die, if I don't, I'm going to work and they're, I'm going to help pay for it. But what if I pass before then? I want a life insurance plan to ensure my 13 and 16-year-old can go to college. Great. Let them grow. Let them go to college. Now they've become 23 and 30, 26 years old. Their college is done. You can let your insurance expire if that's the purpose of the insurance. Okay. So whenever I talk about what's the purpose of your retirement account, it's the same thing about any financial product. What's the purpose of your life insurance, right? If the purpose of any kind of account or policy is not lined up with the place, then you end up either paying a lot of money, paying taxes, being undercovered, uh, meaning not enough money. Uh, it, it doesn't align with what you expect, right? As the person that came in this week says, oh, I want... My $100,000, I need it to equal 300000 by you know three years from now. I'm like, it's just not possible. So the job of this money is not going to meet your expectations. So not only is the job of the money, but the place of the money. So if you want this $100,000 to equal 300000 in the next three years, then the place cannot be with me or TFS Financial Insurance Service. It just can't be. That's not our job. Where should it be? Well, on red in Las Vegas, maybe. Um, pick 
pick a lotto ticket or pick the stock or bond that you think is just going to go through the roof or, you know, buy into somebody's real estate investment scheme. Uh, I don't mean that in a bad way. Sometimes those things pay off, right? We have three lotto winners as clients. Sometimes it pays off. They win. So you need to know that, that maybe at one point in time, the place just doesn't line up with us. I'm okay with that. But if you want protection of principle, if you want your money to grow, if you want every time you earn interest, it is new money added to your account, then the job of the money is to give you an income stream every month, every year, every month. But if you think the job of the money is to buy an RV or to give your kids money, right? You should not, should not be giving your children money at the risk of not being able to retire or at the detriment of your personal retirement accounts. Absolutely not. It doesn't mean you love them anymore. They will feel the same way about you 15 minutes after next month anyway. It just makes you feel better for a bit. It's kind of like having a nice chocolate pastry. You feel great. And then you feel like crud a few hours later. And next week you forget about it. If you do not give your kids money, that is the feeling that you are denying yourself. A momentary high. I'm going to give my kids money. I get a momentary high. I feel, you're the best mom. Love you. Love you. Thank you. Bye. 15 minutes later, they forget about it. Next month, it's over. But for the rest of your life, your retirement is not going to happen. You have to be clear on that, guys. Because somebody's going to have to work for you. If you think it's going to be your children, good luck. They have their own lives. They're not bad people, but they're just as selfish as you and I were when we were young. They care about themselves. They care about their next boyfriend or girlfriend. They care about their children. All things they should probably care about. So when you feel, quote, better because you're giving them money from your retirement account, I'm telling you, it is not a small mistake. Some of you have come to my office and I try to, without physically going in and removing your checkbook, right? I try to, I try to emphasize how much of a bad decision it is because then the person that comes in right after you or, or three appointments later comes in and says, Hey, Eric, if I came in five years ago, you told me not to do this. Boy, were you right? Surprise. It's the same person but five years later, right? You, you have to realize my job, I, I don't make money or lose money personally. If you give your children money or don't give your kids money or give them this money, that's, it's almost irrelevant to me, financially speaking. So the reason I share it with you is because I care about you and I don't want you to make these dumb decisions. We all have made them, all of us, me, you, your parents, your great grandparents, all of us make dumb decisions. Let's just make less dumb decisions, right? All right, Stan, you can use life insurance. You can use your, your real estate. That's the benefit for your children. And we can drip that money from your accounts, drip, 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 keep you below the next tax bracket. That's what the CPA and tax advisors for. They tell us what to do. And I wouldn't do anything until you move to Nevada. All right, guys, stay with me. After the break, Arif Halaby, The Total Financial Hour. This is TFS Financial Insurance Services. Your emails continue at 888-99-RETIRE. Total Financial Hour. 
Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Hey, folks, thanks for staying with me. Eric Halby. All right. Triple eight ninety nine retire. I love it when you join in and you're, you're asking questions. Some of you are doing that through our emails, and I think that's important because Arif at tfswealth.com, that's my email. Grab your pen and paper. I'll give you the phone number and the email one more time. Arif, A-R-I-F, at tfswealth.com. All right. Important that you understand when you are retiring and when you think you're going to retire because most of you need to know what that even means. Sometimes people say, I don't even know what retirement is because you guys are in a position where you just always worked, right? I I mean, you just kind of come to a place where you just say, I I guess sometimes you you say, we're just supposed to retire. I go, what do you mean? She goes, well, we're 65. I go, well, do you like working? Yeah. Do you need time to do stuff? Others? No, they're pretty good with me. They give me time off or... Or I'm flexible or I can work from home or I can work when I travel or I'm, I'm like, so why are you stopping to work? Well, I just thought you're supposed to. Nope. Nope. It's all man-made. It's all made up stuff. Right? The reason the government set 65 as the age was simple because most people were dead by 63. Right? If you look back, the life expectancy was mid-60s. So, of course, the government could commit to 65. Because even if you made it at Social Security at 65, chances are pretty good you're, most of you are passed by 70. And the 8 or 10% of you that are left after age 70, no big deal. We'll just keep paying you. Why? Because so many more people were putting into the system. 64 people, if I remember right, were putting in for every one taking out. So 64 people putting in, one person taking out. No big deal. Plenty of money. Oh, then it became 32 and then 16 and then 8. When I started in the financial world, I think it was right around 8. Today, we are at 2 putting in for 1 taking out. That's why Social Security is a challenge. The evil people in the story right now, I know this is not going to surprise you, is the Democrat Congress because they know They know that the math cannot work. They know they're going to have to make changes. And then when the Republicans try to do it in this last budget deal, up, pushing granny off a cliff, up, that's rude. Oh, that's mean. Oh, you hate old people. And some of you believe it. You're like, oh, I'm not voting for that guy. He wants to cancel Social Security. Nobody on the Republican side wants to cancel Social Security. Nobody. It's like getting mad you're on the Titanic and you're getting mad that your waiter is not serving you. Uh, Waiter, I I said I needed some more water. And he said, I'm sorry, ma'am. I'm trying to plug a hole over here. All right, listen, if you don't bring me my water, I'm going to be really upset. Meanwhile, the Titanic's sinking and the waiter has two options. He can look at you and serve you or he can go and try to fill the hole. But right now, your Congress has two choices, right? You're on the Titanic. If you are collecting Social Security, you are on the Titanic. Do you want them, oh, do you want less service? Which means in Social Security land, you're going to get less money. Do you want a little less money? Do you want to wait a little longer for benefits? Do you want to delay some some things? Great, then, then the ship survives. 
But if you're not, no, no, don't touch. No, no, you don't understand. No, I deserve. I need. I want. You, I put in. I deserve. Okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. You're, you're, you're awesome. And the whole thing collapses. Because when the Republicans tried to do it, they got yelled at. Look, the Republicans yelled at Democrats a few years back, so that it's, there's no different. Right? The, these Washington folks that go in front of these screens and yell and scream. Look, look, one of my favorite ever, and I make fun of him all the time, is Chuck Schumer. Here's why. He has the same lady who's in his office, the same person, and she sits behind him. Because if you pan out, and the Senate has very, very strict rules about the video. If you pan out and you look at the entire room when Chuck Schumer is pounding the table and you don't understand that Americans, it's his assistant that's sitting next to him. And he makes her do that, by the way, to make it look like the room isn't empty. Because when they pan out, there's nobody in the room. Nobody. Nobody. The room is empty and he's giving a speech and he looks presidential leadership, confidence, and there's nobody in the room except his assistant that he makes sit behind her. Same lady. And you look and you go, what, what is he doing? This is symbolism. Get back to work. Do something. Look, do fix, fix. You have things to fix. We don't care what you think about transgender. And, and, and five years ago, you had one set of rules on gay marriage. Now it's different on today. And then 10 years ago, it was different on this and the border. And now today it's different on here. If you were an honest broker, and I know that's a lot to ask of anybody nowadays, even Fox News, unfortunately, you would put on the screen Chuck Schumer saying what he's saying today and what he said five years ago. Same thing with Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. Gay marriage, marriage between a man and a woman. And then, I don't have a dog in that fight. It's just I don't like the hypocrisy. Right? It doesn't matter to me. But you lied to me, and then you turn around and you are just playing the game for the next, the next you know, set of constituents. So anyway, I think it's, I think it's evil. All right, here's what I think, guys. Uh, on your emails, I want to give you my email address one more time. This one is from Sue and Edward. They sent an email to Arif at tfswealth.com. Arif at tfswealth.com. All right, uh, Sue and Edward. Dear Arif, I thought that retirement was going to be more fun and productive with my husband. Instead, that's cute that she put her name still. Instead, six months after I retired, my husband became ill, and then he died a month later. I spent nearly the entire time caring for him, and I do not regret a single moment of the time we spent together. However, now that I'm alone and a widow, and I have, and I do not have a second income. I am concerned about my financial future. I did start Social Security when I retired, but now I want to go back to work. It's been about 10 months. I want to stop my Social Security check. I did receive a small life insurance check of about $200,000, and I put that into my savings account. I'm unsure if I, pay, if I should pay off the house. I owe about 120000 I did get my job back, and I will earn around $7,500 a month. I had a retirement account at my old job and I left it there. And now I'm going to continue to add to it when I start working next week. And this is Sue and she has Edward in parentheses. So that's why. Okay. So this is why this matters. 
I want to give you a couple of uh, ideas, and this is important for a lot of you. Number one is Social Security will allow you to give the money back if you have started your income less than one year ago. So, for example, if you started Social Security 10 months ago, you just walk into a Social Security office, you say, I want to stop my Social Security check, and here is 10 months of my payment. You have to pay it all back. So you write them a check. And Sue, since you have 200000 in your from life insurance, I do want you to use that money, if, unless you have other monies, of course, but I want you to do that to pay it back. You didn't indicate how much it is. Let's say it's the standard $2,000 a month. Then you're going to give them a check for $20,000. So it does reduce your 200 down a little bit by 20000 If you do that, if you pay back Social Security, you kind of get a one-time mulligan. If you pay it back, they give you a chance to start it again anytime you want. And they go back and calculate and continue going forward, calculating an eight, approximately 8% per year growth of that money. That means every year that passes, it goes up your check. If it was $2,000 and you waited a year, it's now $2,160. If you wait another year, it's about $2,320. So you can see how quickly $2,000 can become a much higher number. At age 70, 70, it stops growing. So there's no more growth after that. And I want to encourage you guys to put your age in there. Uh, you don't always do that. And so sometimes it gives me a reference. So for example... Sue, I could tell you, oh, you started retiring, you, you, know, you, you took the money out at 64, we have six more years, this is about how much more you can expect. But if you are 68 or nine, well, sending it back to Social Security is not necessarily going to make a huge difference in your check, right? So you, you want to know what the right thing to do is when it comes to sending it in or not. All right, I like the idea that you actually have your job back, that's exciting, $7,500 a month is a it's pretty good income and that you have a retirement account at your old job. Here's what I would do. I want you to consider taking out that retirement account. By definition, you, you know, you started social security after age 62. So that means you're past age 59 and a half. Employers still allow you, even if your account is there and you're still working, they allow you to pick up your old 401k most of the time, nearly all the time. And even while you're still working and adding money to it, you can take out a big chunk of the balance and move it over to safety. Get it out of the mutual fund world, the risk, the stock world, move it over to safety where we can get guarantees. We can start building a pension, really, a secondary pension, meaning there's an income stream that's going to come in in a year or two years or five years, whenever you want to be done working. It doesn't. There's no time limit that it has to sit there with us. I think there's 30 days, depending on the account we choose. Uh, average is about one year, but there's some accounts that can start as early as 30 days, depending on, on your situation. So we can pick up your old retirement account. We move it over. We start building a secondary income stream so that when you do start Social Security, you have Social Security plus this retirement account can give you a monthly check from that. Because remember, retirement account is a job, right? It has a job to do. What is it? It isn't buying an RV or helping your daughter buy her first house. No. I know that's what you want to think it is. A lot of people think it's a savings account. Oh, I have 100000 No, you don't. It's credits towards an income stream. You got to think of it like that because that's how the government thinks of it. 
And when you don't play the rules, uh, play the game by the set of rules that the government lays out, in other words, you say, what are the rules? Got it. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tweak them a little bit. I'm going to change them. The government says, no problem. You can do that, and you will be fined, spanked, penalized, taxed, and we will hurt you financially. You see, this is your money, you guys. You work for it. So, Sue, I would look at how do I protect that money? How do I put it in a place that doesn't go backwards? And that's the way I would do it. Uh, you can decide how much. If you want me to solve for a payment, like you might say, well, Arif, with the growth of my Social Security over the next four or five years, and so that means it's going to grow, and I'm still putting money into my retirement account, right? So I have the, that period of time of growth in the payment with Social Security. I want... $1,000 a month extra. I would say, okay, let me do the math. I need the account to have this much in it today so that by the time you retire, we can get approximately $1,000 a month in income. I can solve for that or 2000 or five, whatever the number is, right? I, I can solve for that number. It's just a math problem backwards. All right, now what about the other way of doing things? Well, that's simple. I can say, well, you can have an account that is there and we'll just get what we get, right? I mean, it could be great or it could not be great. It just depends. All right, when it comes to paying off your house, you did ask a question about that. Should you pay off the house? Well, you didn't indicate how much in other savings and emergency money you might have. I can imagine if Ed had a whole series of medical expenses that you, uh, you you might have gone through a lot of savings. I understand that. What I would focus on is uh, two different areas. Number one, if Ed had an old retirement account, we need to do the paperwork to get that under your name. And we do that. There's no cost. We do that for our clients. We have great staff. We do it all the time. We're always, uh, we're always working on this because we have a large enough client base where it's just something we do all the time now. That's the first thing. Now, if Ed doesn't have any old retirement accounts and you burned through a lot of your savings, I'm going to say keep the remaining part of that 200000 Keep that in savings, checking, liquid. Keep it available. Don't pay off the house. You can pay off the house through your income each and every month. So that's if, if you don't have other sources of income, uh, savings rather. But if you do, if you say, oh, no, I have another 50000 100000 I have Ed's retirement account is X and Y, then I'm going to say, what is the interest rate on the 120000 and how much do you still owe? Uh, how many time, years are left, right? Six years, 20 years. How much is left on that hundred and twenty? And then it would be a math problem again. I'd go through and say, hey, let's pay off a big chunk of that house, still keeping some money in your savings account, and we know that in this period of time, at the same time you're done working, at the same time you turn 70 years old, your house payment is down to zero. So we don't have to have the money coming in the front door to go out the back door, meaning you could earn less in retirement because you have less bills, less expenses. That's kind of nice where I don't have to worry about making money because I'm not spending the money. But I wouldn't just take the 200000 You're going to need some to pay back Social Security. That doesn't change. Don't forget that. And I wouldn't just take it and pay off the house. I'd, I'd be concerned about that unless you have enough money for emergencies. 
All right, emergencies, what would they be? In retirement, guys, emergencies are things that are known and unknown. Unlike regular life, where emergencies are often what you might call unknown. So what are the known emergencies? And you can put air quotes around emergency, that's fine. First of all, it's going to be property taxes. So many of you forget that you can pay off a house, but you never pay off property taxes. So many of you forget that property taxes will go up over time. They have to go up over time. The state of California is a corrupt entity. How do I know this? Look at all the money they charge on the gas tax and look at the roads. Look at all the money. Fly over. Fly over the San Fernando Valley. Fly over Southern uh, Orange County. Just fly over it. Look at all the houses. Times it by $10,000 a year. Some of them are a lot more than that. And look at all the property taxes that are paid. And then tell me the state is still broke. But look at the entities like Metro. Love them. Water and power. Love the people. Look at the amount of money they pay City of Los Angeles employees. Look at the pensions that are paid out to government workers. Love them, by the way. I want you guys, your clients. I, I, it's just a math problem. Somebody has to pay that money back. And if the city, state, county are corrupt and they're taking the money and giving it to their friends and family, when Diane Feinstein, her husband gets a $100 million check, then you got to ask me something. What, what are we doing when it comes to all the money that they're asking for? Well, they're going to ask for more. If you're going to keep any real estate in California and you move or you're going to stay here, expect to pay property taxes, property. Uh, they're they're going to call it. Oh, but but Arif, Arif, I have Prop 13. Yeah. Okay. So here's how that's going to work. And I know this is going to be the case. This you can take to the bank, as they say. Prop 13, probably not going to change. But they're going to create this new tax. It's called a property assessment. Oh, gosh. Kind of like the vehicle assessment. That's why I know it's going to work. Because none of you protested when your car registration is one number. And then they added vehicle assessment. And they say, oh, here's your new property tax. Instead of three, uh, I'm sorry, your car registration. Instead of $350 for your car registration, it's five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars $800. And you go, oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. How about that? How about those kings? Yeah, pass the, pass the salt. Whoa, look at that. Yeah, mm-hmm. None of you stood up. None of you demanded that these corrupt politicians in Sacramento that are wasting all the regular car registration money, they're just wasting it. Right? They defunded the highway patrol. They can't hire enough people defunded Caltrans. They can't hire enough people. Where's the money going? You told me we needed to hire these people. We didn't hire those people. There are job openings. Where's their, the money that was going to be set aside for their salary should be building up in somebody's savings account somewhere. Why are we still broke as a state? Why do we still go backwards? 20, 30, $40 billion. They keep saying it's now 32 billion. It's 40 billion. 
Before the end of the year, the state will be upside down $50 billion. Why? Because they steal the money. They call it all sorts of things. Why do they call it all sorts of things? Uh, you know, we, we have to pay a pay raise to... Uh, to Community College, Diane Van Hook, uh, Community Co- College of the Canyons, uh, Diana Fierro, we're paying them $25,000 a month, $30,000 a month, $40,000 a month with benefits. You don't understand. We need them. Yeah, but, but there's kids that are broke, single moms with two children that are trying to get into a nursing program. Is there any way to help them? so that we can have more nurses, so this person can be a productive member of society. No, because the state of California, we have to pay community colleges. You don't understand. You have an adjunct professor who's working for, you know, maybe above minimum wage, but part-time, no benefits, and they give all the money to the administrators. You don't think that's happening at UCLA or Moorpark College or Rio Hondo or Cal State LA or UC Irvine? Public schools, administrators are corrupt. That's where your money is going. So they're going to tax you at a greater amount on your property tax. So Sue, you better have that money set aside. Because even though we're going to pay off the house someday, you're still going to have property taxes. And if you need a new roof on your house, the guy who fixes your roof has to pay property taxes, gas tax, income tax. So he's going to have to charge you more money. So your roofing costs are going to go up. You see, because the folks in the state of California are less competent than you can imagine. And I know some of you, you're going to say, well, we're going to vote Republican for the state of California. You should. I think that's a good idea. But they're no different. The state senators, state legislators, right? They're... they're, it's one party that runs the entire state. One party, one political party. Even if we took back in the state of California, the assembly and the state Senate. If the governor is a Democrat, he will run the state or she will run the state by fiat, which means executive order, decree, standing on the edge of the tower. I decree this shall be. Okay, got it. Wow. Decreed. That's how they will run the state. And they will put in place, even if we win both houses in the state, even if we win the governorship, the Democrats have built in four, five, six layers deep of administrators of civil servant hacks at these agencies, education and water and transportation. They built layers of these people to never leave. Just like the community college cowards, and they are, right? College of the Canyons. My, uh, all my kids went there, by the way. L- loved the school, still love the school. I think the administration is full of cowards, left-wing, far-left-wing cowards. Why? Because they don't stand up for what's right. They stand up for what's convenient. But I, I don't want to. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And right now, the only people yelling about their feelings are the far left. So I'm going to listen to the far left. Huh. So principle and courage doesn't matter. I got it. Diana Fierro, what you're doing is wrong and you should know better. People gave you money. People believed in you. People celebrated you. Dan Van Hook, you know better. 
We listened to your speeches that went on and on and on, and we gave you respect. Even when you sounded a little silly, we still gave you the respect. And now look. You're ruining an amazing institution with your left-wing values. Stepping on 40 or 50% of the population easily. Listen, folks, this is your retirement. Are you going to stand up and do something? You better. Run for these college boards, community college boards. Run to sit on some of these governing boards or these foundation boards. Be involved because nobody else is going to care like you. Nobody. All right, my number, 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847. If I can help you with an old retirement account, manage some of that risk, get it out of the market, that's my job. I'm Eric Hallaby. Thanks for being part of the show every week at this time on the Total Financial Hour. See you next week. The Total Financial Hour. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.